It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I'm so excited for this show today. I have my friend and guest, Annie Meehan with us. Say hi, Annie. Hey, hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Yes. So thank you for being here, Annie. So everyone, Annie matches my enthusiasm for life, and we have had so much fun together in this last month. So we actually just met each other this past summer in Vegas. We were out at the National Speakers Association, and I briefly saw her. And then I got home and realized I wanted to know more about Annie. I wanted Annie in my life. And so I reached out and then Annie was coming to speak at an event that I was speaking at here this fall, just, just not that long ago. And so I invited Annie to stay at my house and she didn't just stay at my house. I switched it up at her at the last minute and said, Hey, my house is crazy. I got three kids, but you know, it's quiet. Let's go stay at my dad's house who she didn't know. It's this random guy's house. And we did, and we had a great time, and we dressed up in costume, and we can talk all about that. But Annie, I'm so excited that you're here. We're going to talk about health, hope, and happiness, and probably a lot of other things. Yes, yes, a lot of other things. I love that. I love your title. I was just like, I love that. Authentic people, vulnerable people, real people. It's like, I always think I only have time for the real people in life. I don't really care what designer you're wearing or what name brand you have on, but you know what? I care about your story. And I love that. I think that's why we connect right away is we're real people caring about authentic, real people in the world and wanting to inspire and encourage them. So I love being here with you. I feel like we are going to be great friends for years to come as we are new friends now. So yes. Yes. Okay. So you have been up to like you're speaking, you're talking about H3 cultures, you've got the pineapple principle. Catch us up on who is Annie and what are you up to? <laughs> Annie is a doer. Annie is a person that doesn't talk about it, doesn't think about it. She just gets it done. And so um, I love teaching people about hope, health, and happiness. And the reason I have always felt passionate about those topics is I didn't used to be, I used to be hopeless or at least feel like I was. I used to be really unhealthy and really unhappy. The beginning of my life was challenging, a lot of dysfunction, a lot of uh, poverty and moving and change. And what happened is in the last year and a half, I realized a lot of people were experiencing the feelings that I felt in their life, in their career. And I had the tools in my toolbox. I had the experience, the resilience, the tenacity to overcome those and to get to a place of hope, health, and happiness. And I wanted to share it with the world. So that's what I do is I speak on H3 cultures, bringing hope, health, and happiness back to your workplace. But the pineapple principle also is a big, important thing to me. And it came from someone calling me a pineapple and teaching me the pineapple poem. And then me thinking, Kathleen, isn't there always a story behind people's stories. And so I asked myself, what does a pineapple poem have to teach us? And I started breaking it apart in my mind and thinking about how application, I always think about application, how can we do it? How can we apply it? And I moved it from a poem to a principle. And then I wrote a book and then of course, Kathleen and I, we love dressing up. So I got a pineapple onesie. So yeah, that's kind of, and I just moved to Florida. Uh, I moved here on October 29th, um, drove for three days and landed here on the evening of a Friday night. And I'm still adjusting. I don't have a table. We don't have a backsplash. We're getting a washer and dryer, but we're figuring out I'm across the street from the beach. It's a good 
day, right? Yes. Oh, I love hearing all the facets of what makes Annie Annie. And so one of the things that like, let's share with them. So, so let's just start with the costumes, for example. Like that's that's so revealing on so many layers of who we both are, but something that's that's pretty cool. So let let's share the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the costume started because I do always think about one of my nicknames is authentically Annie. And so I love you use that word. And some people say the words overused, but I, I don't think reminding people enough that we want to be who we truly are. And, and I think sometimes I scare the people around me that are more logical or conservative. And they're like, you are so goofy. You are like, so could you ever calm down? And I'm like, but this is who I am. I am goofy. And I want it to be unique in my new goofiness. So originally I ordered a unicorn onesie and then um, birth mom's symbol is a unicorn, which I am a birth mom, but that was something new to me. And then a lot of people wanted that unicorn. They're like, I want to be unique. So I ended up passing that onesie on to another speaker and then the whole pineapple thing. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I passed on the unicorn. I got to be a pineapple. So now I have a pineapple onesie and Kathleen and I tell us your part. We'd love to dress up. So yes, we're going to start a new business. Yes. It's totally, it's going to be our, our side, our, our spinoff. So for me, it's, uh, I, well, we both own gyms. That's a whole other story that we can share, but, uh, we used to have these parties and what people would ask us all that ask me all the time, they'd say, Oh, what are you wearing? I don't want to look different. And so I decided I'm going to go the furthest that I can. So that it doesn't matter what anybody wears. They'll look fine. They won't feel uncomfortable being there. And so I always dressed up, whatever that looked like, whether it was a costume or it was just dressing fancy so that everyone else felt fine. And so at this conference, what I saw in the comments feed, because Annie and I as presenters were both in this app that they had, and somebody said, uh, what are you going to wear? I haven't been to an in-person conference in a long time. And I could see that the, there was this discomfort around clothing. I said, no problem. I'll wear an elf costume. So you can wear whatever you want. I'll be the one that looks out of place, not you. And Annie, you know, you heard it and then decided, <laughs> I have a pineapple onesie. This is perfect. <laughs> And it was beautiful because I, when I got out of the car and you got out of the car, people were coming up to us to talk about our costumes. Oh, you did dress as an elf and oh my gosh, you're a pineapple. And, and so it was just this real leveling and humbling experience to just say, yeah, we're here and we're going to have fun. And then we created the, we went into the big area. Uh, oh, what is it? Expo. The expo. expo yes. Created and a phone there, was, there was an extra booth. So Annie <laughs> We created an impromptu photo booth. It was awesome. And what was so awesome about it, Kathleen, I think for both of us was people came up to us and said, oh my gosh, we need to laugh. We need to have some fun. We need to be silly and playful. We have gotten so exhausted, so serious, so worn out. And so I think for me, I kind of feel like maybe both of us, like we're like, we can be the laugh at, the, at your at our expense. If you laugh with us or at us, it's okay. We want to bring joy. We want to bring happiness. We want to bring laughter into the world. And I remember when I first wore my pineapple onesie, which I don't always do for presentations, but every once in a while, uh, a client requests it or there's something special that I need to do. And I remember a bunch of women saying to me, you are so brave. Like, I can't believe you'd wear that and look so goofy. Now, I want to tell you that I live in a very happy place in my head. So I think I look amazing in it. And some people think I look amazing, but some people think you're short and it kind of makes you look wide. But I think that's part of being authentic, too, is not trying so hard to always be perfect. Like if you laugh with us or at us, 
we're both okay with it. We're here to bring joy and happiness into the world. And, and if we look goofy in the process, we're okay with that. If we start doing a dance off and you're like, wow, you're weird. That's okay. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to be authentic. And that's why I think we love the costumes. And so we kind of are joking, but somewhat serious about getting a, a, a closet full of five or six costumes and being able to show up at your event and bring some joy. Let people laugh, do an impromptu photo booth. I love that. We had so people loved it. Plus in the comments, they're like, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I was cracking up. Oh my gosh, you made me smile. Like that's what we want to do, right? We want to help people smile. People have lost touch with their smile. And I know what that feels like. And I don't want anyone to feel that. So whatever we can do, to help people bring that back. It's great. Absolutely. I was talking with Cameron Hughes last week. He was actually on the show. And I think you and I have talked about that. But one of the things that he mentioned in the show was that we get to be the permission for everyone else. And they get to be the, their own permission, but they get to borrow that at first. And so if if us showing up in costumes is permission for somebody else to smile, awesome. Yes. And he went, so get this, Annie. This is what Cameron said he did. He, he shows up at a conference and he sat in the back, but this was, he was the keynote, but he wasn't listed anywhere as a keynote. So he sits in the back and about half, like 30 minutes into the presentation, he raises his hand and the person at the front says, do you have a question? And he says, yeah. Why is this conference so boring? <gasps> and it just, I, can you imagine that? And it just burst it open. Like people are looking at him like, I, I mean, I wondered that, but I, he actually said it. And then they'd say, well, well, what do you, what do you think we should do? And he says, well, I think we haven't been together, so we should be interacting. And then he goes up on the stage and gives his presentation and it's so like well-planned and yet off the cuff. So it's this combination of facilitating and speaking. It's just beautiful, but it's really meant to interrupt and saying that how we've been working up until now isn't working. Because so we can't carry that forward. So where are we willing to reinvent? And that's, you know, if we think about hope, health, and happiness, yeah. You and I both have backgrounds, like share your background with everybody. So they can, we, because we could give the boring presentation. We totally have the credibility. Share yours. <laughs> uh, background. I have a lot of backgrounds. Um, my background, I think that you're addressing is where did I come from? How did I come out to be who I am and do the good work I get to do? And, and I grew up the middle child of seven kids. Recently, eight kids. As of January, I found out I had another sister um, that my mother placed 59 years ago. And just last weekend, they met for the first time. So a big miracle and blessing for both of them in that. Um, but grew up in a poverty, in a home full of mental health and anger and depression and darkness. And so I think that struggle, that resilience, that tenacity that I grew up having to have just to survive, I always feel like the first 20 years of my life were like survival. Like I cried a lot and I was, I felt invisible and stupid and um, not valued, not by myself, not by other people. I wasn't able to have a parent that could mentor or support or encourage me. My father drank himself to death and my mother struggled uh, with her own depression and health, physical and emotional health challenges and trying to do her best to be a single mom with seven kids, which I always say, you know, I have a relationship with my mom as she's 93 and there's a lot of pain there, but there's ultimate forgiveness and total just love and respect for her. she did the best job she could. And there was a lot of missing pieces. And when you grow up without having a mom or dad that can support you in the midst of seven kids and chaos and constantly moving, I moved 83 times by the time I was 18. Some people can't imagine moving eight times. Um, nothing was stable. 
I didn't know what it felt like to have a home or to guarantee a meal on the table. And I learned, like, sometimes I, there was many years where I felt very sad for myself for that struggle and what I don't have that so many get to take for granted. But the older I get and the wiser I get and the more I get to speak and meet other people, I realize there's a lot of tools and gifts in that too. Like, I always, I always bend over for a penny. I know how to count pennies because I know poverty. I, I have a compassion and empathy for other people and their stories and their struggles of mental health, of addiction. Um, and I also have learned to be strong. Like I was, I'm a coach. I, my primary work is speaking, uh, but I'm a coach as well. And I was coaching client this morning and I said, remember, why am I great at sales? Why do people think I'm so great at sales? And she's like, um, because you don't get upset if people say no. And I said, because I'm excellent at rejection. Because I don't even expect people to say yes. I'm always planting seeds. Some grow into oak trees. Some grow into nothing. Some people meet me and I say, I'd love to speak. And I say, no. And then years later, they hear from someone else. Oh, Annie's amazing. You've got to have her. And then they bring me back in. But growing up having, I always had high expectations, but low, um, braced myself for the worst. Because there was a lot of worse. There was fires and floods and lots of tragedy that, I, I mean, I'm happy to share parts of my story. I always want people to not feel sorry for me, though. Like I have overcome a lot and I have become the exception. And part of that is like deciding every day, like I'll never be as healthy and whole in some ways that other people take for granted. But I'm intentional about it. I get up every day and go for a walk. Movement's my medicine. There's a lot of ways to deal with mental health. But when you grow up in such a dysfunctional, unhealthy environment, it's not a battle that I win. It's a battle that I work on every day. So I'm always like mental compassion, mental health moments, because I think we all are on the spectrum of some level of depression, anxiety, fear. And for me, it's like, okay, that exists. There's going to be a challenge out there, but what can I do to be as healthy as I can? Get up early, go for a walk, drink water, take care of myself. And so, um, part of being the exception is growing up the middle of seven kids. I had three older sisters and three younger brothers. Um, my brother who was closest to me in age took his life um, at the age of one week after he turned 22 and the day after I turned 23. And it added to the layers of pain and sadness from my childhood. And I lived in that sadness for a while. And then like I decided, okay, I'm not going to live sad anymore. I'm not going to let I remember the priest saying, don't fall in love with the pain, which I thought was weird at the funeral. But later I was like, I knew what he meant. And what he meant was don't allow grief to consume. And so now I try to live twice every day. Like, okay, I live once for me and once for Paul. Because Paul never got to know that life got better. How we grew up was survival, so much survival. And for now, I feel like every day I get up and live. You know, some people say survive to thrive. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what you resonate with. But for me, it's like, I get to live. Like, I'm so blessed. I don't take little things for granted. Having a bed, that's a blessing. Having food in the fridge, that is a blessing. Having a parent that loves you, that is a blessing. Like, these are gifts. They are not assumed. They are not, and not everybody has them. I know as a speaker, um, often you hear speakers close with, and then my mom walked in and saved the day. And then my dad walked in and saved the day. And then my grandma, let's all stand up and cheer for our mom. Let's, and I always say, be careful, assuming your story is everyone else's story. Because I didn't get to have that. And I know that I'm not the only one. And so, um, yes, I've overcome a lot personally to become who I am and to not end up an addict or struggling with depression or 
angry or bitter that I have this joy that bubbles out of me and into the world like like uh, Kathleen. And also professionally, I've had amazing career. I've worked since I was seven, pretty much. And I uh, climbed the corporate ladder in a male-dominated world, uh, in the financial world, for nine years, five promotions in that nine years, and then bought my first gym and then built my second gym and then grew them and then sold them and um, then started my speaking career and my coaching career and writing books, even though I was asked if I was illiterate at 21 because I'm a terrible speller. Um, So I think lots of different things. I've been a lunch lady. I've been a a waitress. I've never thought I was greater than anyone else or that any job was beneath me. And that staying humble allows me to always be hungry and to never want to be poor again. And so I I work very hard, but I love my work. Um, So I don't know. I I don't know if that answered your question. There's a lot. Well, and that's the piece. We're going to go on a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to dig into this even more because I think the point here is that Annie Annie and I, Annie, we, you could get on a stage and you, we could give the presentation that is very factual. Like you, I have an accounting background. You have a finance background. We could talk from that perspective and there's nothing wrong with that. And we've both learned how to live authentically and how to mesh all those parts of our lives to present a message that's true to us. And that's what gets to move mountains. So we're going to go on a quick break and then we'll dig more into this subject. We've got so much more to talk about. You're listening to The Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Enjoy this quick break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Recent for your next event at KathleenRecent.com. That's KathleenRecent.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Today, I have my friend and guest, Annie Meehan, on the show. And we've been talking for the last 15 minutes all about health, hope, and happiness. And where we left off right before the break was really understanding that you know, we can get up and talk. Like, Annie, you could talk about finance. You could talk about running uh, businesses. And we both had those, those moments where things are going really well. And we've had those moments where things aren't going really well. And so you've got this this all this credibility to pull into and yet the topic that when you choose to stand on a stage the words that come out of your mouth are really more about health hope and happiness so how did you come to you talked a lot about these topics and why these are important to you but can you drill into why these yeah i like that i also love your move mountains our messages move mountains because it's true it's really true um why these because i think this is what's missing 
I think, you know, a lot of people say nobody cares about what you know until they know about that you care, right? And as leaders, I think that um, that being authentic is really important. And yes, they need to know you care about them. But I think that being vulnerable, and I think that's why I talk about this. I think a lot of cultures, and when people meet with me individually, no matter what level they are in the company, they're much more vulnerable, right? Than if they're with their team or if they're in front of a presentation, they're like, oh, we got it and it's good. And then they come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm falling apart. Oh, my kid's struggling with this. Oh, I'm struggling my marriage. My... And what I have found with hope, health and happiness is that when we are vulnerable, when I say to you, guess what, Kathleen, I do have anxiety. I am scared about how I was speaking on the road constantly. And now people are afraid to get together. Oh my gosh, Kathleen, I'm not taking care of myself. I have chocolate cake six nights a week because I'm home and I'm afraid. And when I talk about, you know what, if I'm honest, I'm unhappy. Like I miss my friends and we don't get out. So I think that like when I started thinking about, okay, individually, this is affecting me. But what if leaders, what if organizations were honest? Because I'm always like, yeah, I teach about professional development, but it all starts with personal development. Like I got to take care of myself first. If I'm full of anxiety and then I go to work and go, everything's going to be great, even though I know a third of the population is getting or companies getting laid off or, oh my gosh, I'm totally healthy. And then I go home and I drink every night because I'm so anxious and I'm so isolated and, and I'm just going to bed sad and I'm just feeling hopeless. Like I always think about the last year and a half, there hasn't been a finish line. So, so many people have experienced this angst, this unhappiness, unhopefulness, unhealthiness that I experienced growing up. And then I had to get strategies and tools in place like, okay, Annie, even if the world's falling apart, what are you going to do to be healthy? Okay, Annie, how can you stay hopeful when you are moving forward? Oh, you got to look back to look forward. Okay, there was so many times I thought I couldn't read or write, and now I've written books. Wait a minute, there's some proof. I'm going to be believing that there's more to good to come in the future. And so when I started talking to organizations, what I realized was that was what they were all individually feeling and then coming together as teams and companies and, and everyone was anxious. What do you mean, Kathleen? Why do you ask me? Everyone's on edge, right? Like everyone was intense. And so when I started teaching about hope, health, and happiness, what happened is I got them to look at what had worked in the past, what wasn't working, what were you feeling anxious about, where were you unhealthy, and then how do you collaborate together as a company and bring that back in? You know what? I do feel anxious. Let's meet once a week for a walk. Let's start a walking club. You know what? I do feel unhealthy. You know what? Let's stop meeting for happy hour three nights a week. What are we doing? Like, it's not Friday night every night. You know, oh my gosh, what did I used to be happy about? How can you help me look for the happiness? Like, oh my gosh, there's a butterfly. Oh, that's simple, but it's happy. Oh my gosh, someone else got promoted. I used to be jealous, but now I'm happy for them. And so like paying attention. So I always say, start with an assessment, right? Like, how are we on those three things? And then how do we get more of that individually and as a team. So I just became super aware that in the last year and a half, people were feeling the opposite of hopeful, healthy, and happy. They were feeling anxious, unhealthy, and sad or anxious or depressed or whatever. So how could we turn those around? So I always say like, let's assess first. So when I talk about health, I talk about seven areas of health because most people just think of physical as we know as gym owners. Um, and so what are the other areas of health? How is your career health? How's your financial health? And so helping people evaluate where they were at, pay attention, and then asking themselves, what could they individually change? And when they felt stuck, asking their team, how could you help me be healthier with this? How could we change this? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the questions I have for you, and this is, this is, uh, this is a question that personally I have, how do you, so you've got a lot of different things that you work on. And I think about people that say, I'm a, 
account director at this company, or I'm a, this is my role at this company. It's very easy to articulate it. How do you support yourself in this when somebody says, Annie, what do you do? Because we can give that nice articulation, but the world that we live in isn't a space that's very concrete. So how do you answer that? That's a great question. And it's a hard question, right? And so for me, I'm all about H3 Cultures is about bringing hope, health, and happiness to your workplace. How do we do it? We do it through interactive presentations that use colors and words for you to think about your thinking, assess where you're at, and assess where you desire to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, here's the challenge that we see that we want to solve. And I think so many people, and, and where this resonates and why I bring this up is I think a lot of people actually are here where they're saying, you know, my title is this, but I don't think that's really who I am. And how do I even align those two? Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. Are you hearing that a lot? Yeah, yeah I like that. I think, I, I, and also I always go to the question of why, why do you care about this? Like, why does it matter to you? And I remember I've had amazing opportunities in my life. I've had a lot of challenging opportunities, but then I feel like I've been triple blessed for everything that I went through that was hard, everything so much better than I ever dreamed. And I was running a mastermind once and I think I had people living with me, which was not uncommon, especially in our old house where we had the space, we'd bring in teenagers and foreign exchange students, whatever. And the guys in my mastermind were teasing me like, why are you always helping somebody? Why are you always like doing this? Um, And then some of them were like, oh, it's probably because of all the people that helped Annie. And I was just listening. I wasn't really even commenting back. And then one of the women in the group that used to be a therapist is now a coach and a speaker said, oh, no, that's not why. It's because of all the people that never helped Annie and that she knows what it feels like to be alone. And Annie doesn't want anyone to feel that. And I think in the last year and a half, um, I have met so many sad people, Kathleen, so many overwhelmed people, so many people that the world was looking at as successful that were just in darkness and feeling sad and isolated and hopeless. And when I started thinking about H3 and talking about it, I was like, that's why, that's why it matters to me. I don't want people to feel full of anxious and afraid to leave their house. I don't want people to be so self, um, so unhealthy, putting negative stuff in their body or just filling their body with sugar. But, and I like sugar, I'm not picky on sugar, but, but just that's all they were eating. And then they got lethargic and they sat around and they just watched negative TV and they had more self-doubt and more sadness. And so I think this passion to speak on this topic came really out of, I've always spoken on pieces of them, but that combination of the H3 came out of the last year and a half, watching the opposite, the opposite happen for individuals and for companies and people not knowing how to deal with it and people wanting to quit jobs and not feeling appreciated. And all of these things that were snowballing on top of each other to create negative environments, create overwhelmed anxiety for people and make people want to isolate even more. So I think it came out of not wanting people to feel that, I guess. I'll tell you, as you're speaking, the things that are coming up for me, I have seen more. uh, I had a friend that committed suicide a couple of weeks ago. I had another one that committed suicide about three months ago. And, and just this past week, I had a friend who I found out, uh, was made some, some choices that, that really impact our family. I got into some pretty nasty things like, like very illegal things and totally had a character. I mean, not in a million years would I have envisioned that she would have made those choices. And yet she did. And as much as I want to be frustrated or mad or in judgment of those, the person that I knew 
previous to these choices. And the person that I know now, because there was a period of time in between, would not have made those choices. So what possibly could have occurred that would have meant that she would choose those choices? I could never even imagine. And, and thank the Lord, I'm so blessed that I couldn't. And I feel for her. And that's the piece that I, I, I think we've missed that. And the H3, what you're talking about is we really get to be open with each other and we get to have these conversations. And when we're struggling, like, put it out there that it's okay. And why not in the workplace? I, mean, I talk to, I mean, we are owners of companies, but I talk to people all the time, the owner of companies, and they say that stuff gets to be conversations outside of work. Like, really? And I think to some degree, like, we just don't know how to handle it. Yes. To bring a vulnerable conversation into the office, that can open a lot of worms. But it goes back to exactly what you're saying, Kathleen, is as leaders, if we lead with, I'm not saying have a nervous breakdown at work. I'm not saying start necessarily a support group. I'm saying acknowledge as a leader, especially you set the stage for today's a hard day. There's some things going on in my family and share as little or as much as you want. You know, I'm really struggling with my marriage. I have a kid struggling. I have whatever. All of a sudden you became human. And that's what I feel like is missing is that other age is human, right? Like if we're human, we allow each other to be hopeful and hopeless. We allow each other to be healthy and unhealthy. We allow each other to be happy and have moments of not without the judgment. Exactly what you're talking about. So for me, I feel like everyone I meet has anxiety. And, and they all have different degrees of anxiety. And even people that didn't used to have anxiety have some anxiety now and everything's changed and we're still learning new systems. But I spoke at a mental health conference and they were talking about men and how high the suicide rate is of men and women since COVID hit. And people are saying, what do we do about it? What do you think, Annie? What do we? And I'm like, we have to talk about it. Why well, why when people say to me, Annie, you have it all together. Oh my gosh, you are the exception. You have this perfect life. No, I don't. I work on it every single day and I will for the rest of my life, but it's by choice. Like I don't assume it's going to be easy. I know there's going to be struggles. So when we think about people that used to be like, Oh, I'm having a bad day that are now suicidal. We have to talk about that. We're having hard days. We have to talk about, we thought this would be over by now. We have to talk about, we miss each other. And when we do that, we allow other people to say, Oh my gosh, I miss people too. Oh, I thought I was the only one having happy hour every night, trying to find happiness in a bottle because I lost sight of it in life trying to find happiness in a piece of cake because I lost sight of the joy of connecting. Well, I mean, that I feel people are so disconnected. Oh, and they're hurt. Their hearts hurt, right? Oh, like, oh, that's, and for that. My husband has depression and anxiety. I think I shared that with you. And he, and he is it's very well managed in this moment. And there are, t I get that that's in this moment. It took us a lot of years to realize that that meant that's not forever. And then it comes in waves. And I'll tell you, when I was running my marketing firm, you know, six years ago, I didn't share that openly. I, we went to marriage counseling because he wouldn't go to counseling on his own. At this point, we were still in the, the kind of owning that this was a thing. And I would just sneak away. It wasn't even like, I just didn't, I just snuck away. I was the leader of the company and I wasn't sharing it yet. I wanted people to be vulnerable with me. I mean, whoa. <laughs> to see that now, I see where I got to go, but that's reality. That's what's happening. I was embarrassed that I didn't have it figured out. That happens. That's real life. So what would it be like if we as leaders say, now I'm, I'm really open about it? But that's a total different time. Yeah. 
So we're going to go on a quick break. We've got so much more. Annie and I are just so excited that you're here, Annie, and that we're on this show and we're having this conversation because I do believe that this is critical to how we move forward. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, there's more. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Enjoy this quick break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. My friend and guest, Annie Meehan, and I have been talking all about health, hope, and happiness today. So Annie, we've talked a little bit about hope. We've talked about happiness and really health overall. We could dig in, but one of the questions I have for you, because we will, we'll dig in, joy versus happiness. Yeah, I do the H3 TV talk show, and that's one of my questions. What's the difference between joy and happiness? I love that question. I love all the different answers. I always feel like I love when I answer when I get out of my judgmental way and decide that I get to be open to whatever the answer is, because sometimes I just want it to be the same answer as mine. Have you ever been there, Kathleen? Like, (laughs) oh gosh, yeah. Disagree with me. But for me, I've always believed joy is an inside job and happiness is an outside job. So I think of joy comes from Jesus. It comes from the Holy Spirit living within me. And it shows up when it shows up on great days, but it also shows up when there's so many reasons around me to be disappointed. Do I still have joy within me? And does that joy within me grow so it bubbles out of me and into the world? So I think joy comes from Jesus. Happiness for me is like a million things, like great, like happiness can be someone being thoughtful and sending me a note. Happiness can be a birthday cake. Happiness can be a butterfly. Happiness can be my husband and I having a lovely date. Happiness is about external coming into me, me being aware of the water around me or nature, me being aware of kind people, but happiness comes and goes for me. It's more like a wave, like oh my gosh, I'm super happy because the sun is shining. Oh, I'm not that happy because the sun's not out. Oh, I got time for myself. Oh, there's not enough time for myself. I think happiness comes and goes for me where joy is really in, within me all the time. And in all circumstances, even in the worst, I was uh, interviewing somebody for H3TV and she started talking about Paul singing in prison. And she's just like, it's just such a reminder that we can be joy-filled, that joy is a choice, happiness is a choice, maybe they're both choices, but one comes internally exter- to the world and happiness comes from the outside into us. So that's how I think of them, but I don't think it's right or wrong. I just think that's how it is. And I'm sorry, I got to keep readjusting myself. I'm shrinking as we jab. So, <laughs> Yes, that's, I see it the same way where we're looking at happiness to some, it's fleeting. 
You have it, then you don't. You have it, then you don't. If you're relying on happiness to drive you forward, you're going to spend most of your, like, at least 50% of your time not in happiness because it's that's the definition of it. Yeah. It's not, it's not meant to be sustainable where joy is that. Just, I can be joyful even in the crappiest of times. That's and right. you've, you know, you've had, you, you shared today some of those experiences that, that really weren't so fun. And I think, Kathleen, when we understand joy comes from internal, whether we like it or not, the reality is there are people in this world today that we both know that are struggling with severe depression, should they go on in life. And I was speaking, when I was speaking at the mental health conference, I said, nobody commits suicide because they want to die. They commit suicide because they can't figure out how to live anymore because the darkness, the hopelessness has consumed them. They are living under the blanket of darkness. And in that blanket, there is no light. And so for me, it's like every time I have a chance to talk about suicide, every time I have a chance to talk about depression and anxiety, because people think, oh, those people are crazy or those people. No, no, it's everyone around you is struggling on some level, some just a little bit, some a lot bit, and some are feeling like I can't go on one more day. I don't want to live anymore. Not that they want to die. And we could be that light. We could be the person, Kathleen, and I think you and I get to be and are that bubbles up and over and into that person. And just that little drip could be the one thing that makes them go, you know what? I'm going to go to a counselor. You know what? I am going to do a first call for help. You know what? I am going to acknowledge I'm not a bad person because I'm struggling with depression. Right. And that's why I think that's why I try to be out here and be a voice, whether it's in front of an audience or on a podcast or on my H3 TV, is I know we have listeners that are really feeling isolated and alone. There have been so many suicides. I mean, it's just, it's gut-wrenching to me. Like it doesn't have to happen. And there is help and there's nothing wrong with you if you're listening and you need some help. Please, please seek help. Nobody, we, you're going to be missed. You are needed. You are created to be a part of this world and we need you here. So, Yeah, what's so interesting, and this is a piece I've talked about it, but I don't, you know, I don't share it that often. I wrote about it in my book a little bit. But I said, you know, my husband has depression and anxiety and it's well-managed now, but at the point that it wasn't well-managed, there were times where we had suicidal conversations and it wasn't that I felt like he was going to take action on it. We worked with the counselor on what that line was, but it's just that they were, that he was having those thoughts. And I remember those moments where I, to myself, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, he, we're taught, we're having the conversation about him but I actually think I would be at more risk than him. And I'm not, I'm a, in a healthy space. So hear it in that way. But what I'm saying is he, we were having these conversations in these open spaces about how he was feeling, but we weren't having the conversations about how I was feeling. And this was heavy stuff. I remember the day I got fired from counseling, our marriage counselor, she fired me and she did it so that she could work directly with Josh and support him in in, in getting to a balanced space where, where he is now. And that was really hard on me. And I thought that's the place, like that's a huge at-risk place. These, the, the caregivers, huge space. Huge space. I have a friend, actually a client right now, Kate Kaplan, who focuses just on that and the, the caregiving space. And so these are some of the things where I think sometimes we focus on the, the people that want to raise their hands, but it's the people that aren't raising their hands. Those are the ones that we get to really love. And so that, that would encompass everyone. That's right. Everyone. Think about the workplace, you tie it back in there. Just because someone appears okay, doesn't mean they are. Yeah. So 
that's like that is, we've gone into a deep place here. So how do we support? What are some of the tools to support people? Mm-hmm. Create safe places. So I always do start with leadership, be vulnerable. Don't act like you have it all together. Don't look like you have it all together. Be honest. This has been a hard time for us too. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of turnover. There's people that don't want to work. Be honest first. Second, I love creating things in spaces. And when there's money, it's easier to create things, but we don't always need money to create things. But if you have a budget, creating you know, a cooking class for your staff and gathering people that can need time to reconnect and maybe cook a healthy meal together. Uh, you know, if there's not a budget, creating walking clubs. I love once a week um, to have an offer for people to meet and walk. And even if you're working virtually, meet at a public park or a lake and say, hey, on Wednesdays from five to six, we're going to walk. Feel free to bring the kids, bring the dog, bring whoever you need to bring so we can get together. Some people will show up, some people won't. I love that you said pay attention. And I think it's very important for those ones that are not raising their hand. Um, I think there's a lot of silent sufferers out there. And I think that's why I talk so openly is that I like, I think when I open up and say, Hey, I've been there or Hey, I know depression or Hey, I grew up in a family that was consumed out of seven kids, five suicide attempts, five different siblings and one losing his life. And then 22 years later, his losing his life. I think conversation, creating conversation, I think always reminding your company, if you have employment resource network, where you can go to a counselor for free, you can make an anonymous call. I think accountability partners, like saying, hey, we're going to do a book club, or we're going to do a team building. You know, I try to always say, bring it laughter, bring in laughter, start your team meeting with your wins, start your team meeting with some jokes, something goofy. Um, I like to teach people how to take goofy selfies, whatever it is is something playful because everyone's stressed out, whether they show it or not, everyone's stressed out. And I was working with the county actually the day before I moved, it was about 500 people, about 250, 300 live and another 200 online. I got back, I always do comment cards and I came back to my comment cards and people were writing to me on the comment cards. Like, I don't tell anybody because I'm so busy taking care of everyone, but I'm really sad or I really have not had five minutes for myself, or I quit exercising two years ago. And I was literally reading these cards and people are sharing heavy stuff and little stuff. And I'm clapping at my desk because I'm reading them. But then I start crying because some people are like, oh my gosh, you made me realize like, I'm so exhausted. I haven't done one nice thing for myself because I'm so busy taking care of each other, um, other people. And so I love that you said that. Kathleen is like, look for the quiet people. Look for the people that look like, we got it. I got clients over here and family here. And I got it, I got it, who are going to bed at night with tears in their eyes. We're going to bed at night thinking, I don't want to get up and do it anymore. I am exhausted. Nobody notices me. Like, start with yourself. Take care of yourself. Have a challenge, a self-care challenge, and create a group chat. What is one thing you're doing this week to take care of yourself? I always like to say Monday moments. You know, Monday, first thing, make time for myself. Schedule it. When am I going to work out? When am I going to walk? When am I going to do quiet time or prayer time or Bible study? So Monday moments. But Tuesday, testimonial. But first, we take that look at ourselves and take care of Tuesday. We look at who else can we celebrate? Like, who has helped us? Who is encouraging? Who can we highlight? And, And that's what I think sometimes people that are in the service industry, especially they're so busy serving, whether it's healthcare or financial advisors or insurance or, or bankers or whoever, they're so busy serving everyone else, pastors, that they forget to serve themselves or serve their family. And so look around this week. You know, I say every day I'm aware of the struggle because there is a struggle. I look for the beauty. Where will there be beauty in nature, in other people? And then ask yourself, how can you serve? First, serve yourself so you can be full and then serve other people. So, yeah. A lot of things. Uh, Great tools. There was one thing as you were talking that was coming up for me is on one of my favorite quotes is comparison is a thief of joy. Comparison is a thief of joy. And I was 
I was talking with a friend the other day and how I choose to calm down and just relax is by moving my hands because when my hands are moving, my mind is quiet. And so lately I have really poured into just creativity. So Mm -hmm. I I made the, share this real quick. When my grandma passed away a few years ago, I, (laughs) she was a master artist and she had all these patterns like crochet, knitting, cross stitching, all kinds of stuff. And so I found this one of a toddler Santa sweater. So it's like a vest kind of thing. And I said to my sister, we're like, you know, mid thirties at the time, this was a few years ago. And I said, I'm going to make this for you. And she just laughed because she didn't believe in a, never in a moment would I actually make this. And she says, okay, if you make it, I'll wear it. Well, so I took this challenge on. And for the last few years, I have been crafting this. I've been honing my skills. And now I've gone, I went from like pretty bad to like, okay. And so I made this toddler sweater, except I, I made the pattern so that it would fit her because she's not a size two to four child. And so I really had to like tweak some things. It has big movable eyes, but it's super cool. And so I made this, but I made it, my dad was in the hospital at last week. And so I made it while he was in the hospital. And I really, uh, I, I utilized my pockets of time. And I was doing that, was coaching mock trial. We had a big competition last week. Caden was an honor man. And we had all kinds of stuff going on. And I was sharing with one of my friends what I'd been up to. And she says, oh my gosh, we can't, I can't talk to you anymore. I joke, she was joking. She says, I can't talk to you anymore because while I'm binging on Netflix, you're over here creating all of these things. And what really occurred to me in that moment was comparison is a thief of joy. And although we can laugh about this and, and that's what we were doing, no, if you compare yourself to me or I compare myself to somebody else, then I might look like I'm not the same. I'm not up to that person's standards. And yet we're playing two totally different games. That's right. And that's what I hear so much is somebody saying, I'm not winning at somebody else's game. Like, of course you're not. It's not your game. Like, stop trying to play their game. Play your own game. I say, I say comparison is the thief of all joy. And ah. Because I tell people, set a timer on Facebook. Like, I have a good hair day and I'm like, well, I look pretty good. And then I go on Facebook, someone looks better. Oh my gosh, my husband got me two flowers. Go on Facebook. Somebody's husband got him six. Oh my gosh, I got a dollar an hour raise. Someone else got a $5. It's like, as soon as you look at your life and then you compare it to someone else, you think you're less than. And I think I learned that lesson very enormously is that I loved my best junior high girlfriend was like, I mean, really, I do think she was just the most beautiful, the most athletic, the most academic. She had two parents that loved her. She had dinner at 530. I thought her life was perfect. It was just so beautiful. It looked perfect. And she died drinking and driving at 21 years old. You know, and I thought, stop it, Annie. Stop trying to be like her or like her or like him. Just be like you with all your goofy, messy parts and show up and be authentically, vulnerably yourself. So I love, I love what you're doing. Such a beautiful message. So we're going to go on our last break. And when we get back, we're going to wrap it all up. You are listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. 
back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. We are in the final stretch of the show. We have covered all kinds of tips, tools, resources that on health, hope, and happiness. So Annie, if somebody who's listening today says, wow, a lot of what you're saying is resonating, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. Annie Meehan, making it easy. It's just my name, Annie, A-N-N-I-E, Meehan, M-E-E-H-A-N. So whether it's my website is Annie Meehan, my email is Annie Meehan, my YouTube station is Annie Meehan. I just try to make it easy out there. And and because I know not every listener can hire me or even would want to hire me, but if they just want a little bit more, I do try to release a 30 second to two minute video on on YouTube every week just to pour into people. I love what I do and I'm grateful to get paid and have a great career. But my passion, my hard work is to inspire people and to touch the lives of those that are hurting, that feel invisible and unseen. Uh, So they never have to feel like I felt growing up and they can know that they have value, they have worth, and you might be unique and different. And some people might think you're a weirdo or too much or too big, and that's okay. Keep being you. And Kathleen and I will keep being us, right? So that's how. Beautiful. And so what's the message when you think about somebody that's listening and they're saying health, hope, or happiness, there's one of those areas that they really want to grow in. What is, what's your message to them today? Start. Seek. Uh, Don't settle. Seek, don't settle. Um, Ask yourself. I mean, now I start with that assessment, that evaluation, you know, where am I struggling the most? Am I on the feeling more anxious anxious than hopeful about the future? Am I healthy in my career, in my relationships, my physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, financial health? Um, And am I happy? When I go to bed at the end of the day, I always say like a perfectionist, they all go to bed the same way. And I'm like, how do they go to bed? People are like, perfectly. I'm like, no, no. They go to bed disappointed because they get up expecting life to be perfect. But I go to bed every night happy because I think, oh, I'm probably going to screw up 10 times today. And I only screw up five some days. And I'm like, I had an amazing day. I go to bed like, I could do better. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to do better tomorrow. But I'm not going to hate myself. And I'm not going to be disappointed if I gave my best. And we don't always give our best because we get exhausted and we yell at people and we snap and we get worn down. But when we take care of ourselves first, so start with health, I guess, because when I take care of myself and I feel healthy, even if it's just a short five minute walk around my kitchen, then I'm more hopeful and I'm happier. And then I spread that to other people. Because when I hurt other people, I think that's the worst. I always want to make sure I leave people better than I found them and that they feel cared about and seen and heard um, in my presence. And so what about the people, the the executives, the ones that have their teams around them and they want to create more health, hope, and happiness within their companies? What's your message to them? Start with yourself. First, take care of yourself. Be honest about what isn't working in your life and start to work on that slowly, one step at a time. Start with yourself. The second thing is ask. Ask your staff, how can I support you? Appreciate them. Tell them that you see them. Tell them that you appreciate them. Ask them, how could I be more supportive? Is it starting a book club or does that put more one more thing on your to-do list? Would you like to have lunch together once a month? How could I run the team meetings better? Should I start with something funny or something positive or give someone else a chance? I love when teams get together and they start with, what's your win? I mean, we always have a list of how we could do better or what didn't work, but tell me one win. Let's start with that. Everybody check in. Give us one win for the team, for the company, for yourself personally this week. And that builds, that positive builds on the positive. Don't be fake, but there is always something good if you look for it. And we often 
see what we look for. So first, start with yourself, take care of yourself, be honest with your team when you're struggling too, rather than acting perfect. You don't have to tell it all, but tell some. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Again, there was something that you said there uh, in, in all of that was how we go to sleep at night. Yeah. And being fulfilled and really is in your mind, is it okay if you're exhausted because you left it out on the field? Like you, oh. you just, you left it all there. You played to your fullest and you go to sleep. And you just, whew, I don't know if I have anything left for tomorrow because I left it all out today. I love that, Kathleen. I do think that a lot, actually. I think about my kids and I, my husband coached soccer and, and football, not soccer, but football and baseball, lots of sports. And I coached a little bit. But I remember always saying to the kids, leave it on the field, whether it was us coaching or someone else, leave it on the field. And when I'm done with my day, I always feel like, did I, did I give it my all? And then I just fall into bed and I go to sleep about nine, nine 30, just crash. My husband's like, how do you do it? But I get up at five and I start the day and I try to like live life to the fullest, give it my all, give my clients my all, give my puppies my all, give my husband my all, give myself my all. And then when I get it to nine o'clock, it's like, I got nothing left. So yes, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We could do a whole other show on how do you wind down at night? I mean, there's so um, many other ways that we could go because I think these all play into health, hope and happiness. And for me, the question that I ask myself at the beginning of the morning, what am I creating today? What am I moving forward today? That's actually those, again, we could do a whole session just on that. But at the end of the day, it's, did I show up to the best of my ability? Yeah. Like, did I what, give it my all? Did I give it my all? One of my bedtime routines, I know a lot of people have different things. I love routines um, and rituals for your evening. It really does help you wind down. But one of my favorites is, I wrote a gratitude journal. A lot of people do that. Three to five things you're grateful for, write it at night, reread it in the morning. So you're ending positive, starting positive. I wanted to take it a step further. And so I thought to myself, what, what is it really I want to teach the world? And what I want to say is, yes, write down, what are you grateful? What did you get out of this day? Did you have a good day? Did you meet a client? Um, did you have a great conversation? Did you have a good cup of coffee? I don't care. Whatever it is, what are you grateful for? Write down three to five. Then I want you to do one more thing. I want you to write down one or two things you gave away today. What did you give? Did you give away a smile, a listening ear, get someone a cup of coffee, hold the door for someone? Because I think that's how we get out of ourselves and we go from a good life to a great life because we're realizing life isn't just about what I got. When I go to bed at night, I want to feel like, who did I touch? Who was I kind to? Who did I encourage today? Who did I help? You know, was I on a podcast? And did other people listen to our podcast and say, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm not feeling healthy or I'm not feeling vulnerable or my team's not connecting with me. Well, here's some ideas how they might. So thank you for this opportunity to be able to. I love that. And, and you've got the gratitude journal. So for, for everybody that's listening, look out, look at Annie's books and her, her, she's got a journal. I have it upstairs and I've been, I've been writing in it. And so there's just so many different tools that you can use. So Annie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Again, we could go into so many different areas. And I'm so blessed. This is one of the things that I get to write in my journal at the end of the night. Thank you to Annie for being a part of this show, being a part of my life. So I really appreciate that. And thank you all for listening. This is where we show up every single Monday and talk about topics just like that. This. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.